time for Letter to Hong Kong with Alan Lun, leader of the Civic Party. The following program is a personal view program. Dear fellow Hong Kongers, this will be the last letter to Hong Kong I wrote as leader of the Civic Party. My term as a legislative councillor will end in just less than a fortnight's time on September 30th. Looking back at my 12 years as a legislator, I am thankful for the trust you have reposed in me. I sought public office in 2004 so that I could do my utmost to uphold the Hong Kong system according to what Hong Kongers had been promised by the Sino-British Joint Declaration and the Basic Law. And in particular, I had wanted to see implemented in Hong Kong universal suffrage for election of the Chief Executive and all members of the Legislative Council. 1997 saw Hong Kong revert to a sovereign that practices people's democratic dictatorship, and autocracy is the order of the day in mainland China. Without a local government that is fully accountable to Hong Kongers, our long-cherished freedoms and institutions, like the rule of law, a political civil service, and independent commission against corruption, are bound to wither and cannot stay. It is regrettable that the Chinese Communist Party, CCP, thus the Central People's Government, has not honoured the one country, two systems constitutional order as promised by and enshrined in the basic law. One only has to remind oneself of the black and white letters of Article 22 to tell how flagrantly the basic law has been breached. The article provides that, I quote, no department of the Central People's Government and no province, autonomous region or municipality directly under the Central People's Government may interfere in the affairs which the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region administers on its own in accordance with this law, end quote. Only as recently as the Legislative Council elections on September 4th, interventions from Zhang Xiaoming, the director of the Liaison Office of the Central People's Government in Hong Kong, were rampant. The Liaison Office bent over backwards to make sure that people like Wai John Paul, Yong Hoi Yan, Ho Guan Yu, Liang Mei Fan, and Zhao Houding Houden were elected. Such maneuvers had gone so far that cost the seats of anti-democracy incumbents Wang Gok Heng and Deng Ga Biu from the Hong Kong Federation of Trade Unions, the most ancient supporters of the CCP in Hong Kong. And those blessed by the liaison office are not slow to show their gratitude by thanking Zhang Xiaoming for his support as if these were normal business and conveniently forgetting all about the non-intervention guaranteed by Article 22. On the subject of the treachery of the CCP, how can Hong Kongers forget about the white paper published by the State Council on June 10, 2014, and the resolutions of the National People's Congress Standing Committee, NPCSC, on August 31st. By the former, the CCP emphasized its total control over Hong Kong and the self-restraints this omnipotent sovereign had enticed Hong Kongers into expecting was shattered by the stroke of a pen. By the latter, the CCP unequivocally denied to Hong Kongers our right to elect the chief executive with anyone allowed to stand. Public outrage over the white paper and the NPCSC resolutions prompted the Umbrella Movement later in 2014. 
thoroughfares in the heart of the city were occupied for 79 days. The Umbrella Movement has moved the world by showcasing how David can stand up against Goliath using peaceful means and by engaging in rational debates. Hong Kongers have shown the world that giving in and foregoing principles is not the only option when facing up to the CCP. While it draws the world's appreciation, the Umbrella Movement has to date failed to move the Beijing leadership and iota towards fulfilling its promises made in the 1980s to Hong Kongers in its bid to entice us to accepting reversion to Chinese sovereignty. During the past four years, with C.Y. Leung as the chief executive, Hong Kong saw our society being torn apart and polarized. Such a divide is getting wider by the day, and one doubts if it can ever be mended, at least so long as C.Y. Leung stays. At one pole are cynics or pragmatists who have long resigned to succumbing to the CCP and reaping whatever benefits they can by dancing to its tunes, or even second-guessing what the Beijing masters would like to see them do. Many of them, now occupying key positions in government and the civil society, contribute to the daily deterioration of Hong Kong's core values and corruption of Hong Kong's key institutions. At the other pole are childish and naive souls who, following our more elemental instincts, refuse to forget our original intentions and wanting to see implemented the vision we have been promised, namely one country, two systems, high degree of autonomy and Hong Kong people ruling Hong Kong. We want our long-cherished freedoms and well-respected institutions to continue to flourish for the benefit of many more generations to come. Personalities dictate our destinies. When coming face to face with the adversity of suppression and overwhelmed by an apparently unmatchable power, individuals do react differently. I certainly would love to see more of the naive souls and less of the cynics. It is not just our personal destinies that are at stake. Hong Kong's fate is in the balance. Elections of the Sixth Legislative Council, which completed on September 4th, broke many records. 58% or 2.2 million of our registered voters came out to vote, which is unprecedented. Legislators elect include Luo Gunzhong, Lao Xiulai, Xiu Gajun, and Zheng Chongtai, who were core participants and very much involved in the 79 days of Occupy. Hong Kongers have voted them into office so that they are properly mandated to continue fighting for a democratic Hong Kong in the spirit of the Umbrella Movement. Besides, Zhu Hoidek, Eddie and Yiu Chongyim have been civil society activists who see as their mission to deliver a fairer and more equal Hong Kong. These six, together with other democratic legislators-elect, have all openly declared frustration with what they are seeing of Hong Kong and, to different extents and degrees, are advocating for Hong Kongers to take charge of Hong Kong's fate beyond 2047. The numbers of democratic versus anti-democratic legislators in the new council will be 30 to 40. It will be politically impossible, or at least very unwise, for the CCP to ignore the voice of Hong Kongers who have spoken through the ballot box, 
an attempt to continue to suppress the democratic camp. Engagement is the only reasonable way forward. The Civic Party has proposed a Hong Kong Affairs Conference, which should foot the bill in this connection, and is worth serious consideration. Just as I had told Zhang Dejiang, the president of the National People's Congress, when we met a few months ago, the only way the CCP can prevent separatism from gaining popularity in Hong Kong is for it to deliver according to what has always been promised to Hong Kongers by the Basic Law. If Xi Jinping stifles democracy even more, I can only predict that anger and frustration will grow with separatist demands boosted. Very soon, Hong Kong will elect 1,200 members to the election committee mandated to select the next chief executive who will assume office in 2017. The Democratic camp is determined to win as many seats as practicable so as to be able to have a say in who is to be put at the helm for the next five years. To me, Hong Kong has no luck at all if the incumbent stays on. He must go. Whoever is eyeing the top job must be able to deliver hope to especially the young, up-and-coming generations of Hong Kong and to mend the divided society with apt and timely messages capable of taking into account the public sentiments of betrayal and frustrations. May I take this opportunity to wish you all the best and hope to continue to see you around. God bless Hong Kong.